WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. If you can see ghosts, does that mean you're psychic? Are there dangers to trying to develop your psychic abilities? Does neuroscience have anything to say about psychic abilities? Hello there, and welcome to the 388th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those intriguing questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So let's just get right to our guest. Well, it's hard to believe that it's been nearly four years since he's been on the show, but tonight we welcome back Jack Rourke, author of the new book, The Rational Psychic, A Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception. Jack is a real renaissance man, Hollywood producer, recognized paranormal investigator who has appeared on TV and radio internationally, well-known psychic, and much more. Jack has worked with several other uh, paranormal experts well-known to our listeners, especially the parapsychologists, Drs. Barry Taff and Andrew Nichols. There have even been TV documentaries about Jack, but if we spend any more time in his bio, we won't get to talk to him. His website, by the way, www.jackrourke.net. Jack Rourke, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Hey, Ben. It's uh, great to finally meet you. I think the last time uh, I was on, you, were all, you weren't with us. But, uh, Paul, well, thank you for having me back, Ben. Great to meet you. Oh, it's great yeah. to meet you, too. Yeah, that was my, my other hat back when I had another job. Yeah, we made him uh, work at a – well, not – we didn't make you work at a nursing home. We made you have like a cool, quote-unquote real job. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anywho, so let's get right to these questions. Uh, Jack, what are you trying to convey with the title, The Rational Psychic? Well, that's a really good question, actually, and, and a, a great way to start. A nice segue, by the way. <laughs> the <laughs> Rational Psychic, it's important for people to understand that al- although the way the book is laid out, it's – kind of putting me out there as the rational psychic. But I want to say that the rational psychic is anyone who is grounded in fact and works with integrity and is motivated by the desire to selflessly serve others through through their extrasensory ability. And, of course, the subtitle of the book is A Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception. And this has been... This is a really important thing to understand is because you guys know better than anyone else that most often what we see on television, uh, the people who are depicted as skeptics, you know, they really, really are cynics because they have their minds made up. You know, their job is simply to say no, 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 and they poo-poo on everything. They, they, they readily d- don't believe in extrasensory perception or they wouldn't believe in a UFO event if, if a UFO had actually landed on their house. They have a million and one excuses. But the reality is a skeptic is someone who has an open mind and is interested in an honest investigation of, of those things that are assumed to be true. So you know, it's important for people to understand when they look at the skeptic's guide to extraordinary perception, the rational psychic. What we're looking at is developing or explaining or being or becoming a person who has a desire to selflessly serve, who it work, acts in integrity, is grounded in facts, and has an open, open mind and wants to inquire and investigate that which we assume is true. Uh, or, you know, so it really is about having an open mind. So this is where, this is the, the point of view that the rational psychic is written from. 
you said the secret word, fact. So now fact, I obviously yes. have to ask you this very simple question, but it's not really that simple if you think about it. What exactly constitutes a fact? Well, that's, that's again, a really good question. Is a fact is something that more often than not can be objectively verified. And this is something that's really important that runs throughout the, especially the first half of the book, is when developing as a psychic or when practicing as a psychic, one thing that we have to remember is the whole, the whole purpose, the whole, the whole process of training is learning how to distinguish the psychic signal from the noise within the brain or the noise created by the environment. Um, and so what happens is, is more often than not, you have novice psychics who, as they begin to tune in, in their inexperienced and oftentimes ill-informed um, perspective, they misinterpret um, emotional noise, uh, their own emotional baggage, um, or, or the ways in which the environment affects the body as as actual paranormal information, and so or paranormally perceived information or psychically perceived information. And so, what I need to, to stress again and again is, in order for us to work in reality, grounded in fact, we have to raise the bar, and we have to raise the bar above our belief systems, because what happens is, from with psychics or, or sensitive people who are working from a perspective of a belief system is that they'll, they'll, they'll experience a strange feeling or, or a strange sensation. And because they, don't, they can't readily understand it, they jump to, they use their either religious or spiritual beliefs to explain how they're feeling or to interpret a certain sensation. And then because they have the ability to, to feel or experience this sensation, they then covertly verify, well, okay, I'm trying to be psychic, what I'm experiencing is something mystical, uh, and so because I can, exp I can sense this seemingly mystical sensation or experience or being a creature, this means I'm psychic. And they get caught in this, this self-confirming um, loop of, of logic, and they never actually break free of that and, and develop the ability to perceive genuine, objectively verifiable information. And just to sort of digress just a bit, is what people don't understand is when you're developing as a psychic, you're not actually learning to kind of reach outside of yourself and connect with beings or creatures or entities or information that's really outside of yourself. Maybe that could happen, maybe not. But really the first things that you're going to do is you attune inward and and begin to deal with the, the sensory impressions and, and the stimulations in the body is you're going within your own subconscious and all the wounds and all the little nicks and scars and experiences that oftentimes occurred to you before you had the language to understand what they were. And this includes sensory, sensory perceptions um, that you didn't have the ability to interpret yet we're, you're reaching back in time within yourself as you go within your subconscious, and all of these strange sensations are available to you and available to your conscious awareness during proper development. So it's very important to own these artifacts so you don't use them to kind of create a paranormal world for yourself that it really is only delusional in some respects, and that if you use them to confirm an ability that is not yet fully developed. Oh, well, so, 
Yeah. Obje- objectively verifiable information. These are the, this, this, is where, this is where we're shooting for when you work as a psychic. If I was to go to a law enforcement client or a business client and start talking about fairies and angels and energies and things like that, they're going to say, you, really, that's not it. We can't use that. You know, so we're looking at objectively verifiable facts. Okay, so I guess that sort of is a good uh, transition into the next question. How do you define psychic? <laughs> well, a psychic is someone who can perceive objectively verifiable information through a means other than the five physical senses. You know, and this this is you know a really common definition. But what what gets what becomes problematic is when people start to mistake what I have deemed paranormal perception for psychic perception. And, you know, really we only have to look to my colleagues in, in the media to see how, you know, this, these types of things have, have really sort of muddied the waters over the last 10 or 15 years, you know, with all the ghost hunting programs and paranormal shows on TV. You know, you see people begin to act up and, and they're hyper-emotional and histrionic sometimes. And, you know, I see this, I perceive that, and, oh, my God, isn't this happening? And you're seeing people reach deep into their into their belief systems and into their religious beliefs, their mystical beliefs, their philosophical beliefs, and they they just really their imagination is sort of running wild. Um, and none of these things, more often than not, can be can be objectively verified. So they're real only to the extent that there is an experience within the body that is occurring, but these these experiences aren't objectively real. Um, and so as, as a psychic, if your desire is to serve the best to the best of your ability, we have to set our belief systems aside and we have to inform ourselves about the nature of the, the mental and emotional noise that exists when we, when we disassociate from our senses uh, during the process of psychic attunement. We also need to understand how the environment affects our bodies um, so that when we quiet our minds, we can, we can okay, I recognize that sensation. Okay, this is what that is. Let me put that aside. And as we move through this subjective world, we become stiller and more still and more still. And then what we find is actual information will begin to present itself to conscious awareness from beyond the reservoirs of our own ills and our own um, physically attuned senses. Okay. So is a psychic ability a human trait or is it an acquired skill or talent? Well, you know, you know, Ben, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, there's that old adage out there that says that, you know, everyone can learn to play basketball, but not everyone's going to be Michael Jordan. And I think that is, uh, and to some degree, true when, when it comes to psychic ability. And what I like to tell my students is that all human beings are extrasensory. But not all people are psychic, or not all people, or they can develop a psychic ability to one degree or another. Uh, and Dr. Ed May, who actually uh, was on my, my friend Dr. Barry Taft's show, which, by the way, today is Dr. Taft's birthday, so everyone oh, head to his birthday. Facebook page happy and wish him Barry. a happy birthday. I just, I just came back from his house, and we were you know, having some birthday cake and whatnot. So <laughs> everyone just head over there and say, uh, say happy birthday to uh, Dr. Taft. Um, we... You know, Dr. Ed May was having a conversation on, on um, Barry's 
radio show once, and he, he, he said this very clearly, is that even when training, you know, the uh, psychic spies for the NSA in, in Stargate and the other psychic spy program, um, is that they what they would do is they would work to enhance those personalities who were predisposed to extrasensory perception. You know, they had uh, Jack, qualities. I'm going to have to interrupt you. I'm sorry. We have to take a break. And uh, we'll continue our conversation with Jack Rourke. We are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. Seven way by Seven way by 
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. And we are talking with Jack Rourke, Renaissance man of the paranormal. And Jack has just published a new book, The Rational Psychic. And he was just answering a question from Ben when we took our break. Uh, is psychic ability a human trait or an acquired talent? Jack, pl- please uh, finish up your thought. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me what the question was. <laughs> I forgot what it was. Um, you know, what I was saying was is that uh, in a conversation between uh, Dr. Ed May, who any of your listeners may not be familiar with him, he was he worked in helping develop and, and train the spies for the psychic, pie, psychic spy program. Um, and he was saying about, you know, really uh, there are certain personalities who have sort of a they're predisposed to um, this ability. And so what I was saying was that all human beings are extrasensory. And the, re- the reason that all of us are extrasensory is because our brains, particularly the amygdala, is, which is part of our brain that sort of defines our experiences emotionally and kind of cat- and, and sort of um, it's always this part of us is, 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 is critical in the fight-or-flight response. And the amygdala is always kind of... Uh, looking for pain or pleasure, fight or flight opportunities um, for us in our subconscious. But what's interesting about the amygdala is that it scans the environment uh, independent of time, as it seems. We have to remember that our brains construct linear time and and create linear, linear reality for us. But so literally there's an aspect of our brains that's operating outside conscious awareness that seems to be independent of time. You know, uh, we live in a non-local universe, and, and this is the part of us, conceivably, that is in touch with um, that aspect of our being, which is non-local, non-linear, and, uh, and, and arguably, you know, this is where you know, the physical kind of inter- becomes a little interdependent with our, with our spiritual being you know, from a certain perspective. And so because we all have this mechanism within our brain that's related, that is, you know, related to the fight-or-flight response, all of us are extrasensory beings. And I go in the Rational Psychic, A Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception, I spend a whole chapter talking about the amygdala and, and using sort of scientific data uh, with, from, and some different experiments that should demonstrate how we are extrasensory, but how psychic perception is different um, from being just extrasensory. Um, so I don't remember exactly where we were with the question, but... Okay, we, well, no, uh, you've answered it well, but I, I have a few questions of my own. Yeah, go now, ahead. Now, uh, Jack, there, there's not one thing you said that I disagree with, you know, on the face of it. However, we, we have the, um, the very unenviable un, un, task, I suppose, of, of questioning the roots of Western epistemology, how we know what we know. Ben and I just have a problem with that. 
maybe it's my seminary background uh, when, when I encountered these things. But I must, before we get into that, I must say that, that you know, I've been trying to figure out psychics for the last 42 years, and you, ha- you yeah. have really very articulately gone into the subject and, and explained, I think, um, very clearly how, how, how it probably works, certainly. Now, the issue of epistemology, how we know what we know, gets into the idea. That's why Ben asked, what is a fact? How do you define objectively verifiable? Now, we get into this with Andy Nichols all the time. Uh, I, as I say, it's not very constructive because it, it, it suggests that people's arguments and people have spent years, such as yourself, uh, constructing the, these uh, really, really great uh, structures and arguments about these things and, and definitions and, and things of that kind, and we, we seem to be attacking it. Well, I guess we are, <laughs> uh, because I don't think we know really anything when you come down to it. Uh, we, we sort of Our scientific method is based upon our five physical senses, really, and uh, there was a certain, and, and the logic that, that we have in our minds is based upon the same thing, and the idea that all things are basically material and can be judged and defined in terms of materiality, which isn't true either. Right. But you do say two of the magic words. Uh, one is uh, well, actually, there's really one magic word, which is non-locality. That really transforms this entire argument, this, this entire field, I think. And so I think we, we, we'll leave it at that. But just, we do question how we know what we know, and when I write or speak, I, I always, in Ben 2, we always get, get into that, and, and we really, the, the motto of this show was everything you know is wrong. And yeah, that's, and, that's where you start. And, and, and I like that, because in some of the marketing material uh, with the book, what I talk with the Rational Psychic, what I talk about is I'm going to challenge everything you think you know. Right. Um, and what's important, I think, and I and I don't disagree with you, Paul. So let me let me clarify a little bit. When I talk about objectively verifiable, we're talking about within the context of the relationship between the psychic and the client, and meaning I should, you know, this doesn't mean that. Basically, if I give you a piece of information, i.e., let's say I I say, oh, I I'm getting this sensation that. You know, in my body, I'm feeling it. I'm an issue in my the right side of my body. I see my colon. I feel like there's some blistering or some kind of. Uh, perhaps I'm getting the word cancer. Could you please? You know, I and the and then the client says, yes, I w- I'm diagnosed with colon cancer. I've never met this person. I'm reading them by phone from London. You know, that's objectively verifiable. So I'm talking about within the context of the client. Now, what's also important to understand is that when I talk about objectively verifiable is that I'm not necessarily talking about in the greater context of sort of a, you know, a religious or a spiritual paradigm. You know, that kind of goes into the area of belief system where, and I believe that each of us craft our own beliefs um, or ascribe to beliefs in way that you know, emotionally stabilize us. So, you know, therein, you know, you can only talk about objectively verifiable in in the realm of form and concepts. Right. You see, and, I, and so in that realm is physical experience, is physical reality. Now, ultimately, when we talk about it on a grander scheme, you know, we are talking about a nonlinear universe, a non-locality, and non-duality. And so, obviously, you know, how do we know what we know? And the answer... The only model, now Andy, Dr. Nichols doesn't necessarily abide by this, but he certainly can't, um, 
it certainly brings up a really interesting point. And the only model that really kind of helps explain um, all manner of paranormal um, activity and certainly psychic perception is the holonomic brain theory, holographic reality. Right, that's his point that, of view, yeah. Yeah, I talk about that um, pretty much at nauseum uh, in the book, and it, it helps explain that, you know, information is just energy that we give meaning to, and that even, even that, those, that energies that vibrate from our body or that exist from the moment of time, the, the moment of the Big Bang, outside the, the context of human experience, energy is just energy, and it, and it exists. And so for us to be able to perceive that energy and then interpret it into information is really, when you, when you step outside the confines of time and space and whatever, it really is not that magical. It's not that significant. It's just, it's just who we are. And the information is there all around us. Uh, and it's our conditioning that enables us to, to perceive this. this well, there's another well, – that's certainly uh... – very, very well put. Uh, there may be another level here, though. Now, we get into this when Andrew was on the show, Andrew Nichols, and he, the, the holographic thing is, is a very popular point of view. It's probably, maybe it's correct. Uh, we, however, and again, I, I speak from experience in the trenches. My background is not in physics. It's in philosophy, theology, and psychology. But that, you know, uh -huh. all I know is what I have experienced. And uh, Ben uh, tends to agree. And his, he's he's piling up, getting close to what seven, eight years experience himself now. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> what I'm what I'm talking about is what we talk about ad nauseum on the show, and that's the uh, the MWI, the, the the multiverse concept. Yeah. We experience these. As a matter of fact, we we have we have cultivated based on my last book a a philosophy and way of life and spirituality based on multiverse awareness. Mm -hmm. Now, some people might say, well, you're just schizophrenic, but having worked with schizophrenic in psychiatric hospitals as a student and as a seminary student, uh, I became very convinced that these people were experiencing real world. So anyway, my point being that the psychic phenomena, in other words, the phenomenon of people picking up information could be simply that they are accessing where they already are in completely real parallel worlds, if you approach quantum physics and the MWI from that particular interpretation. That seems to have, for what it's worth, that seems to have panned out in our experience. So in, in our particular opinion, it may go beyond simply holograms uh, or a holographic universe, etc., and maybe not. So... I, I don't know. Is, do you consider this at all? I know it's not really a popular point of view. And no, actually, I think there's. I, I think it holds a lot of water, um, but I don't believe that the multiverse theory it, it needs to be independent from holographic reality. Yeah, that, that's, think, yeah that, that's very often said. Yeah, yeah, because what we're talking about is, let's we're talking about where awareness is attuned, where awareness is attuned gives it his experience. And here's something that's interesting, too, is that even in just our physical world, you know, Paul, you live in your universe, and Ben lives in his universe, and each of our listeners essentially live in their own universe, not necessarily 
physical universe, but the way that we perceive our environment and our experiences, just like, you know, uh, Ben and I might walk into a room and meet the same person, I might have a completely different experience of that person than Ben does based on his experiences and, 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 and his impression interpretation of that, of that interchange. And so in a way, we each, we each live in our own universe, and I think that can be a microcosm of, of a macrocosm here. And so what, what I'm getting at is that if whatever the, whatever the sponsoring consciousness is, whatever, if you call it God or intelligent design or, or whatever, just plain consciousness, whatever it is, what's interesting is that, you know, from a spiritual perspective, is that we are all a, a divine expression of that element, that being, that thing, that, that, that energy. And so that, you know, when Paul and I are meeting that third party, we're not necessarily meeting someone different and unique and separate from us. We're meeting an aspect of ourselves at our deepest level. Because yeah. individuality itself is an illusion, you see. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so with that, with that, no matter what the physical, seemingly physical universe is comprised of, underneath it there there's a fabric of a continuum of consciousness that binds us all and i think you know can that can what can be separate from that you know um and so i think the multiverse experience is is it just it is an element of a greater uh greater reality because because i think it's important to remember too that in the holographic reality theory you know for any listeners who don't understand what we're talking about a hologram is a three-dimensional figure made of light and what's unique about a holographic image versus a photographic image is if you tear it in half you get two complete holes whereas you have to tear a photograph in half you get two halves of one hole and oh, i have to interrupt about- again i'm sorry we have to take our bottom of the hour break it's behind the paranormal with paul and ben eno on cbs new sky radio we will be right back with jack Rourke. stay with us
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back and we're with our marvelous guest, Jack Rourke, author of The Rational Psychic, which we'll talk about in detail in a few minutes. But, Jack, let, let's uh, – I want to do uh, – before we get back to the questions we actually had for you tonight, we've only covered a few because we've gotten off onto some interesting uh, subjects. Let me tell you about an experience that I had, and you give me your interpretation of it. Okay. Th- th- this really st- – I don't know. It really stuck in my mind because it was so bizarre. And uh, coming from 40 years of paranormal research, I've had a lot of bizarre experiences. Anyway, it was uh, many years ago when I was in the Coast Guard. Uh, I was in the Reserve, and I had – I got stuck with – one week at the headquarters in the first district headquarters in Boston, and I had to take the train in every day. It was a hideous experience. I've worked at home for twenty or thirty years, and I, I just you know to commute is just is just like the, a descent into the the gates of hell. So uh, I took the train in and everything else. There were, and I happened to be standing on the platform in Boston on the way home. I was in uniform, of course, and I uh, happened to just be drawn to the right. My, my line of sight, and it was uh, a rather sinister-looking fellow kind of coming up, and he was going to pass behind me. I felt the worst hatred coming from this guy, personally, mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe he got busted by the Coast Guard at one time or for something, or he was a fisherman, he got nailed for whatever. And uh, yeah. he passed behind me. I felt a knife go into my back, and it, it, uh, he didn't, there wasn't any such thing happening. But I've always interpreted that. Well, you, how would you interpret that? And then, then he passed away. Passed off into the into the yeah, crowd. I think. I, I think it. Uh, I think it's really interesting. And one of the things that you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But you know, as as a public servant, you know, uh, a protector, you know, whether you're a police officer or a coast guardsman or you know, you're in the military, you develop a certain level of. A, situational awareness That's for sure. that the rest of us um, don't have to have and we kind of we allow you guys to kind of carry that burden and so with this you know with having this 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 sensitivity the situational awareness your threat assessment system your fight-or-flight response is, is hyper attuned to you know dangerous situations or, or threatening people and something you know so you know what I what I would suggest is is that our ability to to discern um, extrasensory information, even if it's just sort of a a, discour- a a unpleasant personality, is is based on something called need relevance. Uh, basically, as you know, as a public servant, it is relevant to you to detect people or circumstances that would be the threat. To the rest of us so naturally you would be drawn or have an awareness of this person now subconsciously there could be something else going on he could he could have reminded you of some someone or someone from your past but just the energy emitting from that person I personally believe um, you know affects you on a, on a deeper level and your awareness is going to go you know recognize him as a potential threat now it's interesting because something that I could I could relate to with your story is that when I was college age, you know I was a big kid and I, I worked as a as a bouncer a lot, and I I had this unique ability 
when people would walk to the front door of the different bars or nightclubs that I worked in is I would turn to my coworkers and say, that guy's going to be a problem. Give him a half an hour. Mm. And sure enough, this pers- that, that person would be you know, involved in a fight or some kind of aggressive action, and they'd be dragging him out in handcuffs. And it got to the point where if I said, that guy doesn't come in, the owner said, if, he, if, if Jack says so, he doesn't come in, because they, they just began to trust that instinct that I had mm-hmm. with people. And it was the same thing with, with you know, collecting fake IDs. I, I would just take them off of people and not even look at them. And I had a stack. It was, it was really, it was a joke because everyone knew that don't, I used to wear these red lenses, sunglasses with red lenses in the summer. And it was this whole avenue where all the bars and clubs were, where the kids used to go. They'd say, don't go to the guy with the red glasses. Everyone knew. Wow. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, yeah. you know, this, this is something that I think that, you know, when we, we have that need relevance, it's that information that is, that is, all around us that exist in the subconscious outside of our conscious awareness when re- need relevance is is triggered it it affects us either emotionally or or it, it it comes to mind we need to pay attention to this and this is something that's interesting about about psychic awareness and psychic perception in particular is the key to to, uh, to, to being aware of need relevance is developing real, real empathy and compassion for those people that we seek to serve. Because unless your heart can break uh, for the people that you're serving and so that their needs become relevant to you, you will not be able to really master psychic perception. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, just well, I think that, that that's a marvelous explanation. Uh, personally, I, I, I look back at it and I feel that in a close parallel universe, he actually did stab me, and uh, that all being me, I felt it. But uh, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe both are true. I don't know. But uh, you put things so well, Jack. <laughs> anyway, uh, you make the point that just because people have paranormal experiences, that doesn't mean they're psychic. Can you? Uh, you did touch upon that, but can you talk a little more about it? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's really important to understand that. You know, and when we say this, we're not saying that paranormal experiences aren't real. Experiences are real. They, you know, uh, paranormal sensations can occur within our body, um, and we we can perceive strange things. But it's how we interpret these things that actually sometimes distorts them, or can disguise the facts. You know, now I, I like to tell a story about, and also it speaks to need relevance as well. There was a time when I was, I was co-leading a, a tour, a ghost tour, on a very famous ghost ship, and my colleague at the time was lecturing a group of about 35 to 40 people. We had stopped in this you know, notoriously haunted area, and my colleague and I were actually dating, uh, and I had a great deal of affection for her, and I, was very, I can be very, very protective. And so there was this, I, out of the corner of my eye, same sort of situation as you, I had this sensation. I turn and look, and I see this man walking where he's not supposed to be walking. And he's going to come into the doorway to my left from behind me, and he was going to interrupt my friend when she was lecturing. And so I turned to stop him, so he tell him, hey, you, you can't be walking through. In fact, you're not allowed to be walking in this area, period. Uh, and as he came through the doorway, he vanished right before my eyes. And I literally stopped. My brain went offline. I thought, 
oh my, wait a minute, what just happened? <laughs> and in that moment where my brain was like going, what? A security guard stepped through the door and he stopped dead in his tracks right where the man disappeared. And he looked at me and he went, where did the guy go? Hmm. You know, so we were both, we both saw this guy and the security guard was actually following him. So when I say that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving this story to sort of qualify my, the, the answer that's coming to your question. I said it was relevant to my needs to protect my, my girlfriend. And it was relevant to my needs because my doing this tour effectively required me not to let this person to go through. And I perceived this individual walking where he wasn't supposed to, and he was a ghost, right? Now, that's objectively verifiable because another a security guard actually was following this person. So now, but, you know, the experience of paranormal things are real. Uh, but what's important to understand is that, you know, the environment, whether it's geomagnetic radiation or electromagnetic radiation, these things stimulate our body, they stimulate our brain, and they can cause us to have a variety of paranormal perceptions, whether it's hearing voices or seeing, seeing images that are, that are strange or hallucinatory um, or having sensations within our body that make us feel watched. Uh, we interpret that as like an evil presence or something like this. And these types of paranormal events or paranormal experiences can be very, very troubling to people because they don't understand the nature of what's going on. And because these experiences, they generate an emotional, a fearful reaction, the only way they can think of to sort of gain, to define these experiences in order to gain control and help them find a solution oftentimes is to apply spiritual or religious belief systems that tell them, you know, demons or, or evil ghosts or monsters or something right. or the other, or dead relatives are visiting us when it might not necessarily be true. So I'm really splitting hairs here, but it, it's what we're talking about is the nature of the experience itself, not that paranormal experiences are real or not real, but it's the nature of these things that we call into question. I'm going to give Ben the chance to ask a question here. It's okay. <laughs> so you already sort of uh, went into this, but when someone sees a ghost, uh, what's actually happening? Well, you know, there's a variety of things that could be happening, you know, Ben. I mean, here's the thing is we have to remember that we're never separate from the environment. We're never separate from our experience. Um, and we, you know, in fact, even if you and I were sitting face-to-face -face in the studio, we don't interface with each other directly. You would see photons bouncing off my skin, uh, and then that they would, it would affect your eyes, and that signal would then be converted into a bioelectric signal and transmitted to your brain where you would interpret colors and the shapes and sizes, you know, of my eyes, my nose, my face, what have you. And so we never really experience each other directly. And so we have to remember that, you know, we're, our bodies are interpreting energy from the environment. And so it seems that in cases where, where these where ghost experiences or haunting experiences can be objectively witnessed by say two people or three people or let's say a really sane person does see a ghost in there by themselves and they see it objectively as if it's outside of them and i know you know you know dr taff often uses this analogy is that in, because information seems to be stored environmentally uh and we're not separate from that environment that you know our brains act oh i'm sorry i have to interrupt you again we have another break we will be right back. 
with our guest Jack Rourke. It's Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Mondays are motivational. It all begins with you. And that's where the movement within featuring life coach April Claxton comes in. Join April and her uplifting guests Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Featured on Animal Planet, Court TV, Unsolved Mysteries, and The Hauntings, Psychic Barbara Mackey. Barbara is a sixth-generation psychic medium, animal psychic, and spirit communicator. Tune into Visions with Barbara Mackey at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. There are four corners, and Will and Nancy will take you there at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Existence is what we live for. Adventure is our journey. Metaphysical topics, inspiring and educational guest speakers, psychic readings, and more. Artie's the Party with Angels and Answers, Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Psychic readings and more. Join the fun. What goes bump in the night? Heidi knows. At 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Heidi Hollis's The Outlander will lunge into topics on all things outlandish and more. Call in or write Heidi to vent or get advice about your paranormally inspired curiosities or challenges. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. I can hear her heartbeat from a thousand miles. Yeah, the heavens open every time she smiles. And when I come to her, that's where I belong. Yet I run into her like a river song. She gave me love, 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 She gave me love, 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 She gave me love, 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 crazy love. She got a fine sense of humor when I'm feeling low down. Yeah, when I come to her, when the sun goes down. Take away my trouble, take away my grief. Take away my heartache. She gave me love, 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 Yet I want to throw my arms around her and kiss and hug her, kiss and hug her tight. Yeah, when I'm returning from so far away, she gave me some sweet loving, brighten up my day. Yeah, it make me righteous. Yet it make me whole. Yet it make me mellow down into my soul. 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, we're back with Jack Rourke, and I wanted to give Jan, uh, Jack a chance to talk about his book, where you can get it, and his website, and all the relevant information. Jack, take it away. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm really excited to to offer the Rational Psychic, a Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception to your audience. And all folks need to do, really, is just Google my name, Jack Rourke. It's R-O-U-R-K-E, um, and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. It's everywhere. You can go to my website. Uh, you can go to therationalpsychic.net or just go jackrourke.com or .net. It'll take you to my website. You can learn more about me and my work. And, of course, the book is offered there, too. And there's links to my book um, uh, there as well. And like I said, it's been amazing because the book sold out uh, on Amazon in the United States two weeks before its publication date, uh, October 1st. Uh, It sold out in Canada the weekend before. um, And literally uh, it debuted at number one in ESP and number one in parapsychology. And we're holding on. And it's just been fantastic. The the response from all over the world has been great. Yesterday I got an email from New Delhi, India, and Venezuela, and, of course, Australia, and Canada, and the U.K., and, and Spain. And it's just people are really, really excited to have this book because, like I said, it, it, it helps you distinguish the psychic signal from the noise within your brain. And if you're a psychic, it will it will give you the tools and information to be a better psychic. If you're if you're if you're just curious about this, like like you alluded to, it really explains why this stuff is real and how it possible and how it most likely works, um, in, in a really kind of concrete, grounded, no nonsense way. Um, and I'm really really pleased. And just like I said, the, the response has been great. You know, you're not going to regret reading this book. That's great. You know, we, 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 it's such a need in this field to have articulate and compassionate voices such as yours writing and speaking. We're very glad to hear that, that it's doing so well. I think we have time for at least one more question here. And it is a bombshell of a question. Uh-oh. So from the – well, I might as well end it with a bang, I suppose. <laughs> so from your point of view, what's uh, demonic possession all about? Oh, my God. That's a show all in itself. <laughs> it is. We've done whole shows on that. You have about five yeah, minutes to answer a, it. <laughs> that's a show and a half. Um, you know, it's, it's really something. Um, I, I talk v- in detail about a case uh, in the book um, where I was uh, called out to work with a guy who believed he was possessed. Uh, there was all sorts of odd phenomena happening around him. He had manifested wounds on his body, bite marks in the middle of his back, and he was really, really in distress. And I come from a, per- a paradigm or perspective where there really is only one power in the universe, you know, it's sort of from that spiritual perspective. Uh, from a logical left-brain point of view, I believe we're all responsible for whatever occurs 
to us or, or through us or around us. Uh, and I believe it's a correct understanding of those events that can lead us to kind of be liberated from these experiences. Mm. Um, but I mean, because we don't have a lot of time, I'll tell you this. We, we, we filmed this gentleman. We stayed with him all night, and I witnessed some strange things. And certainly, you know, uh, my heart went out to him. At the end of the evening, he asked me to pray with him. And, you know, I believe it's important to work within the context of, of each individual client's belief system. It's not really important what I believe because I'm there to serve them. Having said that, you know, I believe in the power of prayer. And in the moment of engaging in prayer with him, what my internal process is, is going within and touching that part of us, that divine spark that is within, is within all of us. And so to give you a quick uh, frame of reference, if you take a guitar in an empty room and you lean it up against one wall and you take another second guitar and lean it up against the other wall and you pluck the strings of the first guitar, uh, within a few moments, the second guitar will begin to resonate and vibrate at the same pitch and the same chord. So using our human beings as, as, an, as an extension of that, as I go within and I adjust my own vibration to attune myself to the divine within and to and surround myself and my client in an envelope of unconditional love and compassion, and I and I align myself with this one true power, what happens is he has to respond. Now, as I was doing this, you know, he began to turn on me and tell me that, you know, the demons were now swearing at me and they were going to do this and that to me and and they didn't like what I was doing, and they were going to fix me and get me and all this. And I recognize that as some aspect, some intelligence or ignorance trying to, to disconnect me from my source by trying to get my ego up to defend or to act out. That's and the key. That, if it goes after your ego, watch out. Yeah, and it it's that ego that, that when that engages, that's that conflict, and then that becomes, you make that experience real, that demonic experience. Bingo. So I stayed attuned within to that love, and as I, as I focus deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, it reminds me of that story, and I don't often quote sort of scripture, but really quickly, as, you know, Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, and he's surrounded by a crowd, and everyone's trying to get a look at who is this teacher, who is this man, and he stops, and he's surrounded by his disciples. The disciples are pushing the crowd back, and Jesus stops, and he says, who touched me? And his, and his disciples are like, are you out of your mind? What do you mean, who touched you? We're being, we're being assaulted here by a crowd. And he said, who touched me? I felt the virtue leave me. And he looks down, and he sees a woman, and she just, she's, I'm sorry, Lord, if I knew if I only could touch the hem of your garment, I'd be healed. And this is the energy that is accessible to all of us when we're aligned with truth and love. And so in that moment, when I stayed focused on that feeling and being, in that state of being, this man got up from his chair, ran to the bathroom, or excuse me, ran to the kitchen, and began to puke in the kitchen sink. And so I talk about in detail what my perspective is on demonic perception, but I was shocked at that element of that, when that yeah, I'm afraid I have to, st I hate to do it, but we're flat out of time, Jack. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. It was a real privilege. We'll be in touch off the air. i got a few things in mind. Fantastic. Thank you for having Great. me, guys. Thank you so yeah, much. You're welcome.
All right, so that takes us right to the end of our show. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we will see you right here next week, October 21st, when my dad and I will do an open line show. And in the meantime, tune into our our Boston Providence drive time show on WOON 1240 AM and on com at 6 p.m. Eastern time every Monday. And don't forget free podcasts. We have no, nearly 400 shows at www.behindtheparanormal.com. Okay, folks, we're done. We'll see you next week.